BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Greetings, citizens of Earth and all beings, both extraterrestrial and interdimensional. My name is Danny Roth, and this is Who Won the Week, Sci-Fi Wire's podcast dedicated to the top stories from the week in geek. I am joined this week by my co-hosts and friends, the Blurred Girl, Karen Mahorn, Sci-Fi Wire's own editor-in-chief, the singing man, the, the musical man himself, Adam Swiderski. The music man. What do you talk? Man. What do you talk? What do you talk? What do you talk? I mean, you, oh gosh. Yeah, see? You did it. You, did it. you, you did started it. it. Did I? No, yes. you were the one that before the before the recording officially began just was singing. Yeah. Just singing. The old like timey musical fool. fans in the audience are like, I got that reference. And everybody else is like, what? It's look, it's for a crowd of five. That's right. Three of them are in this room at least. And then the other two people are probably related to so us. They're so happy. Yeah. <laughs> Kevin Feige and uh, Spielberg. They're, they are regular listeners. They are. Yeah. Anyway. And always have been. Uh, all right. So, uh, whew. A week. We had a week. The uh, Terminator franchise got uh, rewritten a little bit with the new, uh, a new movie. And then, you know, you got uh, some trailers, your Mandalorian, your Jumanji. Did you say Mandalorian? <laughs> no, I said it right. Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, yeah, my, my, my great aunt Mandalorian. Yes. Uh, and Jumanji and Witcher. Uh, HBO Max had a had a big debut. David Benioff and D.V. Weiss done. Well, it does some well, things happen. Some ish, some, some ish. things happen again, involving again them. Ish. Yes. Oh, so quite a week. We'll yes. talk about all those things. But uh, first, we do a thing at the top of every show where we talk about, uh, I don't know, stuff that we personally like, ugh, enjoy, barf, positive stuff. Karma. Yes. What are you into this week? Um, I'm geeking out because I got a chance to um, fly all the way out to Spokane, Washington, to Whitworth University, um, who flew me out for something called J-Day, which is their journalism day for not just their journalism student, students, but also for like the high school and surrounding area. So I got, I spent a couple of days shaping young minds. <laughs> I'm so excited. Um, they so, were, so who's paying for the therapy? <laughs> the school. No, it was really funny because you, it's funny. We get kind of caught in like, you're, we're kind of myopic about some of the stuff we do, the things we write and things we're doing. And, and sometimes it's like, oh God, we're, we're on this podcast sometimes talking about the monotony of it, but it's so cool to other people. And you don't realize it until you're talking to like people who are in TV or film production classes in a college or a high school who are like, you get to read comic books and watch movies, you know? And it was really interesting talking to high school kids, what they're into and also talking to different levels of um, people in different classes in, in college who are, possibly looking at entertainment journalism as a career and things like that. And also... Did you tell them to run? I know. Run yeah. far, far I, away? I was like, if you think you're paying your mortgage doing this, yeah. <laughs> think again. Um, but I thought I, it was very interesting with it, especially with the high school kids who are an entire generation who don't think there's anything weird about having all these stream, streaming services. 
you know, like that are 16 or 17 years old who, you know, I'm explaining that Netflix used to come with these little discs that used to show up in the mail. <laughs> so it was fascinating. It was a lot of fun. Shout out to Erica Salkin, who is the associate professor of journalism there, who um, put the whole thing together. I'm not the only person who was speaking, but I was, um, I had my name in lights outside the school. It was very cute. It was a lot of fun. And I thank you all for having me. And I, I, I love, I love like talking to people that are outside the genre about the genre. Cause I find it fascinating. Hmm. You could teach. I could. You could be a teacher. I could. You could I do that. I think it'd be fun. It'd be fun. I actually, I'm really thinking about it because it's been, it's been uh, a really, really, I've had a few speaking engagements like this at schools and I'm like, hey, maybe, and then I have a curriculum and then we could talk about like the ethics behind Star Wars or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You could yeah, be yeah, like an adjunct like professor at a school. Yeah, I've been thinking people, about that. I'll tell you what, I mean like the only problem is that you know people are going to come into that class being like, yeah. this is an easy A. <laughs> They, I mean, they'd find out quick. It's not. That it's not, but like, you know, you know that you're going to have those is, stragglers. People are going to drop out. There is actually somebody there that is doing a uh, major uh, course on um, uh, Watchmen. Like, not just the show, but like the, the book, right. which mm-hmm. makes sense because there's a lot there. And somebody else who's talking about um, diversity in television has a whole uh, thesis that they're doing on like all these new characters that have popped up in the past like five, six, seven years. And it, uh, you would never think that somebody would have a class in something like that, you know. I mean, honestly, if we had classes like that in high school, high school would have been very different. Indeed. <laughs> so that's me. That's what I'm geeking out about. Nice. Adam. I don't, you know, I've been so swamped with Macbeth rehearsals. Uh, as we've mentioned here before, I'm appearing in a production of Macbeth that opens in Brooklyn next week. Okay, but that's the end of my plug. But that's what you're geeking out about. Yeah, uh, so there's that. And I just, I finished uh, Wanderers by Chuck Wendig, uh, which I had mentioned here a few oh. weeks ago. Uh, Caitlin Bush from Sci-Fi Wire recommended that when she appeared on the podcast and I picked it up and it was a page turner. Really? Absolutely. Okay. Like near the end. The pages turn themselves? Near the end. Well, <laughs> I haven't I, read books in a while, I was so I didn't say, know. I'm on a Kindle, so uh, kind of, not really. But a no, page page, no pages were actually turned in the course of this reading. <laughs> no but, pages uh, were harmed in the making I, of this book. I, I tapped that screen a lot. <laughs> no, like by the end I was We in, made these jokes and there was a page in the room and they- and they, oh, their I stomach see. turned. Oh. No, no, Danny, no. Anyway, <laughs> I, I, it got to the point near the end where I was missing subway stops, and that's when I know oh, wow. it's a good book. It's like if I just look up and I'm like, oops, I'm two stops farther than I thought I was going to be. But so, yeah, it's, it's, and it goes in a lot of very interesting, unexpected directions based on where it starts. Where you, where it starts, you're, you're thinking, hmm, I know kind of the, formula and structure of this thing and then it goes in a lot of different directions i was not expecting it's just good it's it's it, it's depressing it's bleak as all hell i don't know not not mccormick mccarthy the road bleak i mean nothing beats that that's kind of where i just had to sit and think about life for three days after i read that book but but it is uh it's heavy and but very good so, i've read cormac that's a book that's a book i read the road yeah Easy breezy. I mean, yeah. I mean, short. I'll say that. That was he it. Said it easy short. breezy. But that's uh, that's you easy know, breezy that's, beautiful. This is Cormac you want to talk about? You want to talk about like writing? I think that that's where I. That's where Cormac McCarthy's genius comes through, right? Because you can read a R. A. Salvatore book, and I I will beat R. A. Salvatore's books with a stick forever because I oh I can't stand the way he writes. With it's just like thousands of pages, right? Of this purple prose that doesn't really go anywhere, and then Cormac McCarthy needs two hundred and twenty pages to rip your heart right out of your chest mm-hmm. and and eat it and then 
poop it out and then burn it and <laughs> that's yeah well, he, puts it, he puts the poop back in your chest right oh my and then God. you're just walking around pretty much and no that's what i'm here? saying it's How? just it's, it's so his economy and his use of words is so beautiful and so impactful so that and hey man now we're on it read the road if you haven't read that because that's an amazing book but uh Again, you'll need a few days afterwards to decompress. To, to recover? Yeah. It's funny, I'm, just real quick, I am re-listening to his dark uh, materials like in an audiobook format. Oh, really? Which is almost like a, like a radio play. Yeah, who and, does the, are there any celebrities involved? No, one I have does not really, except for actually, I feel like one person might be from Game of Thrones, but I have to actually look up his, because his voice sounds very familiar. Um, but everybody sounds like people I haven't heard from. Mm-hmm. Like there's this whole section actors. where it's just Hodor, Hodor. Hodor, right. Yes. So, so wait, by the time we do this next week, his Dark Materials will be out, Yes, right? it will. Oh, I'm, there, I'm excited about that, too. Yeah. Man. Yeah. So that's one reason why I was re-listening to it, but I was going to say, I was skipping train stops, like sitting there, like just looking, staring, staring into nothing as I'm listening to this story. Yeah, that's amazing. <laughs> so how about you? Who, me? Yeah, yeah you. you. Uh, so, like, I would say three things happened this week that were good. Three things. You ready? I'm going to give them to you real fast. One, uh, I watched that Paul Rudd series, oh, Living With Yourself. Yeah. You know what's funny? I wasn't going to, and then my boyfriend had it on, and I'm like, okay, this is actually kind of interesting. The best way, so I think there's a reason that Paul Rudd's selling point is it's short. Yeah. It is... You know Russian Doll? You know that Russian do Doll know the series? Russian doll. Yes, we loved Russian Doll. Uh, so, Living With Yourself is Russian Doll's dumb frat brother. Yes. It's very, it's dealing with His some similar stuff, brother, but, it's, but it's way Brett. less intelligent, goofier, more comedic. I still liked it, but uh, but yeah, I, I you know, it's true. Once you start watching it, you, you just figure... Um, I'm gonna get to the yeah, end Russian of this thing. Russian Doll really made you think and really felt, I felt like it had well, a, it's, it's the half hour episodes, is the show yeah, half hour episodes. Yeah, everything is yeah. 20, 20, 20 to 25 minutes. So it's fast, it's It has it's that sitcom quick. feel too sometimes. Yeah, but it's fun, it's fine. It ends on a real weird note. I wish that we had all watched it and we could have that conversation. I'm not at, I'm it not is at the super end. weird. I'm not at the end, I'm almost Ooh. at the end. What? Let me know, It's it's got the weirdest ending. But I still I mean, I got through it, it was fun. Um, so there's that. I finished watching uh, The Terror Infamy finally, uh, which just actually ended, ended I think like a week or two ago, and it is amazing. Uh, one really? of the, one okay. of the best uh, seasons of a television show I've seen in a really long time, and I feel as though, because it's such a quiet little intellectual gem that it kind of went under a lot of people's radars, but it's just really cool, because it takes you from Pearl Harbor to the end of World War II from the perspective of you know these people who were just Japanese Americans, then living in an internment camp, some of some of them going off to war, and just the ongoing consequences of what was happening to them specifically, all told with this sort of ghost story that sort of plays into not just the war, but also the history of some of these people's families specifically. And it's just it's really beautifully shot, incredibly well told, and the best part, I mean there's a lot of great parts. But what I really liked is at the end, they revealed that a lot of these people who were in the cast and who worked behind the scenes came from families who had either been in internment camps. So oh. George Decay was there. And, you know, and he was in a, he was in an internment camp himself. Mm-hmm. And there were a lot of people that went off to war. And and for America, like these are Japanese families that went off to the war as American citizens. And so to sort of see that extra element. Man, it was just really very powerful. It added a whole other thing. It made me 
think oh, I should go back and rewatch it. I think that this is the kind of thing you get more every time you watch it. There's a lot of layers to right. it. Right, and it, it has such a historical significance too. Yeah, and then on the trash end of things, uh, as I always do, I want to recommend um, the Vinegar Syndrome One piece release. of trash. Yeah, so this <laughs> is, um, so the Amityville Horror is the, is the chink in my horror armor. This is true. Really? It's, it's the one franchise that I had never watched before. And then Vinegar Syndrome said, oh, we're going to put out four films from the oeuvre, the, the late 80s, early 90s, cursed object era, which I had, I mean, I didn't know anything about this. So if you don't know, um, the Amityville Horror is, you know, supposed to be based on a true story about this house in Amityville um, on, on Long Island. And uh, this is where Ed and Lorraine Warren kind of come from. But uh, they made the first movie. It was based on a book. And then they made two sequels that were still set in the house. And then things <laughs> went very weird and they started making movies that were not set in the house these, these cursed object things where people they had like a yard sale there was an Amityville yard sale oh god and so these objects kind of wound up in other people's possessions so there is uh, The Evil Escapes where there's this tree looking lamp uh, that's possessed by I don't know what the devil uh, it's about time which I don't know if you can guess, is a clock. Oh, God. Uh, a New Generation is a mirror, and Dollhouse is is, is Joss Whedon. No, it's, uh, a, <laughs> it's, a, yeah, it's a Dollhouse. But uh, yeah, I started watching them, and you know, this is this franchise does not have a great pedigree, especially once you get to the remake era, like the 21st century. Basically, there's no real copyright on it. You can just use the word Amityville in the title of a movie. It doesn't really? mean anything. Yeah, anyone can make an Amityville movie. Like, if you write the Amityville horror, that's that's, that's right. a thing. But, but Amityville is a, a place. Yeah. Yeah. You can you can just call something Amityville if you want. So that's people think insane. that they're all bad. And in fact, the first one's pretty good. Two and three. Mm, three's got Meg Ryan in it. That's a fun fact. Wow. But these cursed object movies, pretty good. Huh. I liked them. I was really surprised. So far, I've really enjoyed them. They're campy. They're kind of trashy. But um, they've got one thing that is really near and dear to my heart, which is um, old biddies who just don't give a shit. I love it when old women get to take a prominent role and kick a little ass. And the first two movies both have that. And it's really enjoyable. Um, and the first one has Aaron Eisenberg, the late, great Aaron Eisenberg, who played Nog on Star Trek Deep Space Nine. And he's great in it, too. Uh, so, yeah, I would highly, highly recommend it. And Patty Duke. It's it's really good, honestly. Um, good trash. So if uh, if you're looking for if you're still thirsting for horror after Halloween is over, I would highly recommend it. Anyway, hey, let's talk about the news. We can start with trailers, right? Trailers are fun. Sure. So there were three trailers that kind of dropped this week. There's a final Mandalorian trailer because Mandalorian's coming out mm-hmm. real soon. Jumanji had a, I, I guess, is probably going to be a final trailer, and we got our first real, real, real look at The Witcher. Uh, which is coming from Netflix with Henry Cavill, uh, based on the book series is how they describe it, although I think of it as a series of video games. There are some images in the trailer that look like the, the video game. The, the show is not based on the storyline from the video games. Right. It's based on the storyline from the, from the book. Yeah, yeah, even though it's very clear that there's some imagery Obviously, that is yeah, clearly the, from the Yeah, yeah. We'll, get, we'll get there. From the, from the cut scenes. Yes, indeed. All right, so um, where should we start? Let's start with Mandalorian. Okay. It is a shame... That your people suffered. But bounty hunting is a complicated profession. How do you feel about it? Great. Looks good, right? Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm excited. The question, I guess, the ultimate question is like, what's the the 
arc yeah, that's driving on? this thing? Is he a bounty hunter who has to team up for, with a good cause because of fate? I don't know, something like that. Or like, you know, like the whole thing with Picard where you've yeah. got that, that girl who's kind of the MacGuffin who drives things forward. Mm-hmm. And I wonder what that, I, I, I'm curious as to what that's going to be here. Because we're still getting a lot of atmosphere and we haven't really gotten any story. Well, the little that we do know is that he's sort of the best of his class. Sure. And and there definitely seems to be something that... Uh, and we know that freezing people in carbonite has caught on yeah. post-Empire. Yeah. Because this is post-Empire, right? Yeah. That was and the first time that. they did that. Yeah. And people were like, hey, that really worked. Let's keep Even doing it. Even though ultimately Jabba the Hutt got horribly murdered by the person he kept in carbonite so but here's the thing it looks cool it does look cool it does look cool that's it I mean, is there really? Do you need any other selling point? Well, no, it's, I just it's, think it, it looks cool. But it, it's gonna. Sure, it's I mean, torture, it to say, but it looks so cool. Oh, you mean yeah. carbonite? I thought you meant the show. Yeah, I, I no, but it definitely. It, it's definitely not a hey, this is gonna be my last mission kind of thing. It definitely feels like there is a mission that is that he's finding out there's something greater going right, on. Right. I think he was two days from retirement. No, 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 no. <laughs> I mean, that's kind of the when a lot of this. When people would talk about there being a Boba Fett show or something like that, um, or a movie way back in the day, there was kind of one of the original story pitches was was basically taking it off of the man with no name, uh, the Clint Eastwood Western, you know, where it's like this person who just wears this mantle of this bounty hunter, but ends up in this town and has to help them out against the evil bad guys and all that stuff, even though he's not necessarily, that's not his code, you know, and I think that I could very easily see this going in that direction. Where it's gotcha. like through yeah. the course of business, he links up with some people fighting for a greater cause and has to, if, at least for a time period, ally with them against whatever is going on. I stopped looking for hot takes in general, but um, I feel like there aren't any about like Mandalorian. It's ev- so it seems like everybody just show. wants to see it. Yeah, we're That's so nice. excited to get Star Wars. A Star Wars weekly series is not something I'd ever thought I'd see in my lifetime. I know. Like I'm very That's excited crazy. about this. I wonder how it'll do though. I really do. I, there has been Star Wars is not doing so great these true. days. Weirdly, you know, with the with Galaxy's Edge underperforming, what they expected, what we're gonna get to later. Kind of the mo- the movie situation is a little bit uncertain, mm-hmm. <laughs> to put it uh, mildly. Mildly, <laughs> I, I just wonder. I wonder how big a hit this show will be. I don't know. I think it's gonna be good. That's it. My my, so. my big prediction is it's going to be good. I don't know if a lot of people are going to watch it. I don't know that it's going to blow up yeah. necessarily. You know, I don't know if it's going to be like your next Game of Thrones because uh, I don't know if that's a, that's going to be a thing or what. I I think though that there's a lot of Star Wars fans that want it. Also, when it's dropping, we don't have a big. Hu- I mean, there is. It's clearly tying into the big Skywalker movie coming out. So there's going to be a lot of Star Wars discussion. Um, and you know what? I'm saying that unsolicited. I don't know if Mandalorian is tying into Skywalker. I'm going to assume that Supposedly, it is. Supposedly, there's, I've been reading, there's one really big thing that's in the Mandalorian that references the m- recent movies. Mm. I, nobody knows what it is. I am the force and the force is with me. You know, maybe. I don't know. But like, <laughs> but there's, or, or something like, you know, people are like, oh, do we see the origin of Snoke or, or something like that? Supposedly, there's something. I don't know what. But this is what people. This is what the word around the old internet water cooler is. So, <laughs> we shall see. I mean, the thing that's interesting to me about this show is that I have read that he never takes the helmet off. Not in the first season. Which is like, as Marvel will tell you, 
given the fact that they have created CGI costumes that can where the masks can come on and off at will, it's hard to have a story where your lead's face, you can't see your lead's face ever. Humans really work with facial expressions and emotions, and like that type of mask work is difficult to sell in short bursts. It takes a lot of skill. It takes a lot of... of, of execution and i'm curious i'm just really curious is it, when you're creating a wall between your main character and your audience literally how that's going to affect how people interact with the show i think that bots are going to love it you got you got you got an ig uh, well, sure. robot in there you got this guy with no particular face kind of like but like a robot looking face you know it's about time that somebody finally appealed to all of the twitter bots that's uh, hilarious, but here's the thing. I, I, I. That's who's gonna watch it. I, gonna actually, it. I want to take that back. It's possible that he takes the helmet off, but we don't see his face. Right. But we definitely don't see his face for it. Um, I'm, I'm almost positive the entire first season. It might be revealed in yeah. the season finale. But that's. I mean, you but see that. It's it's hard in in Black Panther, for example. Yes. You know, they had those fight scenes where it's it's Killmonger and uh, T'Challa are in. Suits the entire suits the time. entire masks, time, but yeah. constantly the mask is going on. It's going off. It's going yeah. on. It's going off because in order to sell some of that emotion, you know, you, that's what facial expressions do. Yeah, and uh, well, it's a fun experiment. Yeah, and uh, I think that that's what it'll be. And then it'll all get wiped when Kevin Feige takes over Star Wars. There you go. <laughs> and then he'll never wear the helmet again. Um, There'll be no helmets. Yeah, uh, but yeah, you know, I'm I'm excited. I'm just excited because I just never thought I'd. Like stormtroopers every week. I know. Like, what? Yeah, it's it's a it's a strange time. <laughs> it is, and it is. I mean, honestly, it looks very much like the show that some a certain section of the now older Star Wars audience has been asking for for mm. a long time, mm-hmm. which is this you know non Jedi, grimy, outer rim crime and high of scum, high of scum and villainy yeah, yeah. a little more violent a little more mature in its themes yeah. like that's a, a certain segment of the audience has been asking for this for a really long time so again it'll be interesting to see how people react to it on the whole Jumanji looks fine doesn't it look fine looks, looks fine are we in Florida oh my god wait we're in the wrong body my joints feel like butter oh no Lose myself. This can't be Jimmy, can I ask a question? Sure. Go ahead. And and this is my re- and I'm trying to decide if I'm just being a a sensitive snowflake. Is it a bad idea that they have Jack White imitating Jack, Jack White? Jack yeah, Black. I know where you're going with Jack this. Black, but it's it's this is very fitting. Imitating the actor who's. He plays Fridge. Char- yeah, who plays Fridge. Yeah, the actor's name is Sir Darius Blaine. He's the black and, character. And it's a certain vocal style. It's just like, is that he's doing black voice. Well, Isn't yeah, he? it's like, really it's funny. It's weird. It's very funny that you said that because um, basically the whole movie is turning into a character study is what it looks like. Like there are, you know, all these different, for people who don't know, it the this next turn into Jumanji, The Rock takes on Danny DeVito's persona. Who happens to be in the house when they when they get sucked into the game? And Danny Glover, who's also in the house, uh, is now Kevin Hart's character, and Jack Black is now Fridge. Uh, uh, Karen Gillan is still Karen. She's Gillen. still yeah, yeah, she's still her character. And then the, the Bethany the, is the, a horse. Bethany's a horse. <laughs> um, but basically, I can't wait. that horse is going to have some range. Oh my god! So basically, Jack Black is now fridge which basically turns jack black into rgj's character from tropic thunder except without the blackface which i appreciate 
Um, I think, but it's it is. I was like, oh, I see where this is going. And Jack Black has done a bit before. Remember how Robin Robin Williams used to do like bits as black people? Sure. It, he's Jack Black has done a bit like that, and it didn't fall flat, but. It's very clear that he does not stay that character. They're right. very clear in the trailer to show that Bethany gets back in his body. <laughs> well, and one of the, you know, I get it because one of the funny, one of the funnier things about, I don't want to say the first Jumanji, the middle Jumanji now yeah. is that was Jack Black embodying that teen girl, girl and right. doing the teen girl voice and everything. So, I, and I wasn't. And that's the thing. So I'll say this: I was really not sure about that. I was like, mm, should Jack Black be doing this Becky voice the whole time? But it seems like he is the person that they're giving the, if you want to, you know, if, if we're going to really do the switcheroo thing, because one, I honestly think between, Kevin Hart could kind of do it, but at Rock, I don't think has that kind of range. He was, I mean, his Jewish accent was kind of on the vents there. I think it was supposed to be Italian, and it came out like <laughs> in the middle somewhere. So Jewish accent is a dicey, it's exactly, a dicey statement. Exactly, but, but that's what, but I'm just saying, like, that's what he seems like he was trying to do, what I think is really supposed to be Italian Canarsie. But we'll see. I I think yes. Uh, I did peep what Jack Black was doing. I kind of cringed at some half of what they were doing in the trailer. I don't know. They're they're skating that line, but I think they're trying to hope that the action and adventure will just bring people back, and they will all switch back to their original bodies well, eventually. And I will say this. I- when the trailers came out for the last Jumanji movie, nothing about me was sitting there going, man, this is going to be great. I right. can't wait to see this, you know? And then I saw it on a plane and it was great. Yeah. I really had a great time. So I think it's that- It's really kind of in a fortunate position in that it's riding on that still, yeah. is that it was surprisingly good and none of the trailers back then really portrayed the idea that that movie was going to be as good as it I was. Don't, I don't know if this one's going to do it as good as the last one. I, yeah, I mean, look. I also I, don't know who asked for this one, but. <laughs> let me let me tell you something. I think that the, the very simple truth is this. No matter how an individual may feel, there are going to be people that are going to watch Jack Black oh, yeah. do that voice and there is nothing, zero, that he could possibly do that's going to make people go, Oh well, that's okay. Well, that's listen, just it, you know? I, th- I said the same thing about Robert Downey Jr. in *Tropic Thunder*, and they—he was but up are, for, but but right, he was my, up for an Academy Award. And I was like, "How? Well, <laughs> that was terrible." That's a very different conversation. <laughs> I mean, I think we both know how. Well, yes, but I mean, so I, I think we are definitely going to hear someone's going to say something. I cringed, like I said, at the majority of the tra- of the trailer. Yes, Adam, that that feeling that you said this is probably not a good thing is. A right thing. Or to just feel. Like I said, it was like, is, am I the only one who said? <laughs> no, you're I not. Know, I know. You're not I'm, alone. I'm a sense. Like I said, I am a sensitive snowflake, and and it's just. I was just like, ooh, wow, yeah. well, no, yes, no, that's that 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 face that you make when you yeah. think you're about to see a car crash. That's well, several of us. <laughs> that, yeah, that look on our face. <laughs> I think. Yeah, I have a yeah, I have very complicated feelings about it because I like the last Jumanji movie right. a lot, and I suspect what is probably going to happen for me is that I will go, and if there are good elements to it. I will like the problematic thing, but acknowledge that the the thing is right. problematic. Which we which we've done often. Sure, <laughs> but we'll see. I again, the movie ain't out, but it's yeah, it's hard. Adam, it's the same thing every time I watch the trailer. I'm trying to push that thought out of my mind, and it keeps crowding back in. Going, this is my why. Yes. Yeah, so we were all very made very uncomfortable by the Jumanji trailer. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, you know, I'm still. Uh, 
They could have like maybe maybe they had a trailer where they just talked about Aquafina's character. That would have been fun. The horse. They, but where was the I'm trailer? Is all I'm about the horse. I'm trying to figure out who's Aquafina's character. I'm trying to. I still don't know, and that's the thing. I don't know who yeah. that's. And how to be. is she in everybody's movie all of a sudden? Maybe she's the villain. Ooh. I we haven't met be. the villain. We, we haven't, haven't really met the antagonist yet. All we know is that a couple old people are trapped in there with the kids. Maybe she'll be a surprise. The surprise villain. You won't know at first that she's the villain. It'll be like the uh, the Dora the Explorer movie. Oh yeah. No That's spoilers. True. I haven't seen Dora the Explorer. Oh, oh no! Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Spoilers okay. for Dora. It's still a fun movie. Well, Aquafina's not in it, so okay. there you go. See, I didn't tell you nothing. All right. Ay, Dios mio! Wow. <laughs> Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverse impact. All right, The Witcher. The Witcher. Are you excited about this? I'm excited about seeing Henry Cavill in a tub. Tell you that much. <laughs> yeah, that yeah, that was it. I, 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 I went on Twitter right That's after that thing I dropped, and the first tweet I saw was "Tub is canon." Right yeah. from Netflix, oh, no yeah. less. The tub is canon. <laughs> Am I excited? I'm intrigued. Wait, did you read the books? Because no, I didn't read the books. I have not read the books. I've okay. played Witcher two and three. And this, well, we don't know if the storyline of the books. Well, is no, it, it does. It dovetails a little bit. There's characters in this. Well, other than Geralt, obviously, yeah. uh, there are characters who are younger in this that you see older mm. in the games. Um, so this is kind of takes place before I think the uh, the events of the games. Here's I I can't tell you the thing with a fantasy TV show that is hard is that it is very 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 easy for it to look cheap you know, for the seams to show mm-hmm. where it's like, Oh, that so much of that is CGI. Right, ooh, I see the polished. Green, I see the green screen. Yeah. You know, you know and, and nothing that I saw in this trailer yet has conveyed to me that they are, they can, they've overcome that hump and, and have given us the scope of what we're talking about. Now it's interesting. Cause if you look at season one of game of Thrones, all this grand cinematic scale that we talk about in the past three seasons was not there. That's I mean, true. It, look, it looks like almost like relative to the later seasons, and I, I say this with love. It looks like community theater. You know, it's these constructed sets, but small sets where people are doing like two or three handers, and and you know, if if that is the scope of what we get out of The Witcher, it doesn't mean it's going to be bad necessarily. It's just I I'm very curious as to the scale of this thing and how how in the wider shots it's going to look, you know. It's funny. I felt that it was it was very Game of Thrones when I saw it. I didn't feel so much um cheap, but I did miss wide shots. I did go, yeah. okay, so where's my wide sweeping you know, uh, I I guess at the time when we were watching Game of Thrones, we were comparing it to Lord of the Rings. So where's my wide sweeping right. Lord of the Rings shot? Um and those you don't need to it doesn't need to be everything, but mm-hmm. it is, it establishes a certain sense of place, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And from but what I did see, what, and the other thing I missed was like a lack of full body shots of Henry Cavill because everything with a lot of medium shots. Yeah. So like, can we see him walking? Like, does he have feet? Like, <laughs> I was actually kind of glad for this because you could see him. You get to see him 
acting and yeah. speaking and you know in this trailer and that's all sans facial hair <laughs> yeah but and it's that those are some of the questions you know how is he going to henry cavill has been up and down i would mm-hmm. say in in his theatrical roles like great in man from uncle and and great in mission impossible i'm not a huge fan of his superman but whatever it's like so how is he going to embody this character and you know, I think he did great in the trailer. It looks really yeah. good in terms of what he brings to the role. And towards the end of the trailer, that uh, when Witcher reaches his Witcher form, that yeah. looked actually very, uh, very much. That was what I was saying. It was a little bit like the video game because that looked like what I remember mm-hmm. of him going dark. Uh, Would you yeah, think, I mean, Danny? Looks, I mean, it looked like something I'll watch. Yeah, we we'll give it a shot for sure. Yeah, I mean, I yeah, I wasn't like blown away by it. It just looked as though they were all all in on trying to grab some of the some of the stuff, some of the visuals from the video game. The video games are cool. Mm-hmm. I've got a great aesthetic. Yeah, I I totally agree that it doesn't have the the wide spanning stuff. But you know, just like any new show, I think it's gonna. This is the proving ground. Right. Well, yeah, I think I think what was interesting was that trailer didn't, but a trailer that had a lot of wide shots and not a lot of medium trying to figure out what's going on was the. The Jason Momoa one on Apple TV where they're C. all oh, blind. C, yeah, yeah. yeah, C. I'm like, okay, so for somebody who can't see, there's a ton of mountains yeah. in this well, trailer. Yeah. Well, and here's the thing about The Witcher that is interesting is that they the thing they haven't done yet is any sort of world building in these trailers. It's, yeah. it's a lot of atmosphere, a lot of action. Yeah, very Instagram. But the world of The Witcher <laughs> is, is not does not follow every single one of the typical fantasy, you know, high fantasy rules that we know and love from Tolkien and such. So there's a lot of that. There's a lot that you're going to need to explain about how this world works. And I'm going to be very curious as to how they balance that with character and story and everything like that. Because in fantasy novels, those two things tend to be at war with each other. Like my favorite writer, Brandon Sanderson, I'm kidding, I don't really like his work, spends tons of time on world building, right? And and here's how the magic system works, and here's how the blah, blah, and it's great. All that stuff is great, and then falls down when it comes to delivering character and story. Mm. You know, and I think that that's an easy trap again for a fantasy thing to fall into. So I, I'm really curious to see how they mold all that exposition that's going to have to happen in order for people to understand this world into a compelling story. I agree. We we need to see more. Yeah. I mean, I just, the nice thing about Netflix is that, you know, and we're going to be talking about um, all these other streaming services in a moment, but I, people keep going, oh, Netflix's days are done. I hope not, because no, every not. every time they it's do not. a new thing, I, I feel as though it's completely different. I did infinite size to the die yeah, at no, Netflix, no, no, no. Which, nope. I, which I still appreciate. Netflix so, isn't going anywhere. So that being said, you mentioned that the Apple Plus had dropped this yep. week, and yet, and yet, that's not what I was hearing about this week. No, no. Nope. I was hearing about HBO Max, a thing that's yeah. not coming out until May of next freaking year. Yep. Everybody was talking about HBO Max. That was the thing that grabbed eyeballs. Which confused me because I thought I literally thought they were saying HBO Max dropped. And I'm like, wait, huh? <laughs> but they were talking about it a lot. Yeah, because they made some announcements. Yep. Um, not only is it coming, you know, it's coming out in May. It's going to be you know 15 bucks a month. But uh, some big news. Green. Lantern, right? Green Lantern. Where is it gonna? Are we gonna finally get a good Green Lantern thing? Is that gonna happen? Only if it's John Stewart. But that's just me. Well, I don't know what they I mean. They've said nothing. You know, it's great. It's great. It's great. Berlanti. Uh, you know, I hope. Hopefully, uh, Jeff Johns okay, is somewhere wait. in the background, Actually, being Gre- like, "Here's what you do." If it's if it's Greg Berlanti, it's probably gonna be Kyle Rayner. I guess. Uh, here's what I. You know what I want. 
Guy Gardner. That's it. If they're smart, the Green Lantern show will have a ton of different lanterns right. because Agreed. it does show. It doesn't have to be one. Right. I, I don't want to see another origin story. It's, it's going to be in space. Core, right? right. It yeah. should be the core. Well, no, they have, I don't know if they've actually said that it is going to be but Green it should Lantern be the core. It should be. And, we should, and Sinestro should be part of it. And then he should act up before his, that, before I'll his tell you Sinestro. What I want. I'll tell you what I want. Don't beat around the bush. I want all the colors. Yes. I want the white Hope. lanterns. I want the black Hope. lanterns. Yeah. I want the purple lanterns. Well, we can't have the black lanterns. I can't. No. We can't have the black lanterns until the season finale because that means we got to kill Superman and a bunch of other people. I don't care. <laughs> do it in episode one. <laughs> Everybody dies. Just go for it, no, man. No, I do. The lanterns of hope are everything. I love them. Yeah, it looks. See, that's exciting. I mean, yeah. the HBO Max thing in general because they've got a lot. I mean, that's the thing is also they have so much stuff that they're getting. You know, just just when Disney Plus had announced all their stuff, mm-hmm. and you thought, well, no one's going to compete with that, and then HBO Max slid in and was like, "Oh, you thought you thought so?" Yeah, it's scary. I don't even know what to say. I was upset. I got to be Another honest. Another thing from a consumer standpoint, it it's is killing a, it's me. Depressing time. Well, I was it actually really having is. that. I was having that conversation a lot this week, even at the school. I was saying this time next year we're going to be inundated with shows. That not everybody can watch. There's not even if you had all the money in the world and you could sit up and watch TV, twenty four hours a day, you would not be able to see all the things. Right. So not all of these are going to survive, and to cut through that, it's it's going to be because um, there's some great. I know this is not all of us where there have been some great shows that just haven't made it because yeah. nobody's heard about them. Well, and this is I mean the thing too is you got to look at. What tends to do well? I mean, this is why I think one of the reasons people say that Netflix might be in trouble, although they did sign this deal for Seinfeld. You know, The Office does great on Netflix. Friends does great on Netflix. This is stuff that people just throw on to have in the background while they're doing other things. So honestly, right? No, but that's the stuff that tends dinner, to do Netflix really, really well. You know, and and so the more of that stuff gets you know pulled into these other services, and Netflix is counting only on its original programming, which may be great and and compelling, but is not familiar. That is where they might run into trouble, I feel like, because the mm. familiar stuff, the, the comfort food, it, it will be on in other places. Um, you know, and I think we, you know, we've talked in the past about these aggregators. So like, it, I just think at some point it's we're going to go, we're going back to cable. Yeah, where it's, it's like, going to be. I think that's what the other thing we're going to yeah. see this time by this by Christmas of next year of 2020. I think we're going to see a couple aggregate services that are like, hey, don't pay 150 bucks a month. Pay. um you know, 50 for us and we'll give you the Disney plus and all the other things. Right. Or they'll give you where it'll, it'll say, uh, okay, you can pay X number of dollars and you get a package that includes yes. this, these shows from this one, yes. this shows from this one, yes. or you can pick three from this, pick three from that. That's, I think what'll happen. That would be really interesting. So show specific packages. I could see wow. that. Yeah. I could see a show because you know, I, I, I wonder what kind of have a sense of that. Cause that happened to, that's what happened to music. Like with iTunes, you can, you know, you don't have to buy the whole album. Just yeah. But do you think the networks would agree to that like HBO would say sure take Watchmen and don't, don't make people subscribe to HBO I doubt HBO it, so here's the question HBO might not do it but the CW might how so much it's, smaller a, it's people. a question of, of of I mean it's all about the money right it's yeah. all about what those services can offer these larger mm-hmm. uh, singular things like okay this like we want to be an aggregate. This is what we can offer you. I, that's the that's like the question mark. That's the the step two before you get to step three profit. That is like what? Uh, but I'm. It's. I don't think it's impossible. I think no. that there may be something. Somebody will figure. The minute somebody figures out what that step two is, is the minute that there'll be a bunch of those. Yeah. A bunch of aggregates will arrive. But I think that that's got to be inevitable, right? Because nobody can afford to have all of these. 
Well, things. the question I mean, is Netflix, whether, Amazon, I know, Apple, uh, CBS All Access. CBS, I mean, it's too many things. HBO. Many. I mean, the Peacock. Yeah. For the hometown team, yeah. you know, it, it's it's all this stuff is coming, and it's it's just, the interesting thing too will be whether it'll be like an a la carte thing or whether they're you know can you say I want Hulu. HBO and Netflix in a package, or are they going to say, "Here's a package that we've put together that you ha- you know you can choose it's one prob- of these." It's probably going to be like that because that way, just like movies put their yeah. put their you know weakest selling movie with the the blockbusters, right. it's probably going to be like that. The other thing that every you know, and also we're headed for a, a correction in the market, so people are not going to have as much money. To pay for all these things. It's really yeah. weird. So it's like we're about to have this influx of all of the things you could ever watch ever and access to all of these things, but half of us might not be able to pay for them. I think it's, it's going to test the limits. of. Well, honestly, I don't know. You know. So far, we haven't reached that point where there are too many of them and people are checking out, and it'll be interesting to see. 2020 is going to be the year. You think or, so? That's the, absolutely. Or, with, 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 with Peacock and HBO Max and Disney Plus and the Apple thing now in the ecosystem, that's four new things that didn't really exist in an appreciable way in 2019 mm-hmm. that either start at the end of this year or start um, next, next year. year yeah. So yeah, I think that that's going to be it. The other thing is we might see, which is very strange, just the opposite happened. Instead of everybody staying at home, people going out. Like for sports does this. Like you're not paying for pay-per-view, but the sports bar does. So everybody goes to the sports bar for the fight. Mm. So you go down to the restaurant, <laughs> the, the bar or whatever to watch the favorite show. Interesting. Because uh-huh. it's be, cheaper to buy the drink than I it mean, is. people already do that with Game of Thrones. So. Sure. They were doing it. Yeah. But that, I think that that's gonna, those shows are few and far between. That's true. A we'll show see. that will I mean, get we'll people see. out of some, their houses to well, into a group setting. That's some hmm. of the I know some of the 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 Star Trek stuff though for um, Discovery. I know knew some there are some bars in Brooklyn that were doing that because people mm-hmm. were like, "I'm not paying for this." Yeah, for I'm CBS All Access it. for one show. That's a lot. Yeah, that's a lot to ask. Well, maybe two Discovery and Picard. Yeah, yeah, but I mean at the time. Yeah, that's a good point. Karen, you're so smart. Occasionally, right. <laughs> that's a completely different version of that song. You changed it. It's okay. We'll take it. It was Karima was right. That's how you did it the first time. Karima was right. Consistency, man. Um, yeah. All right. So that's speaking of complicated stuff. So David Benioff and and DB Wise had a rough weekend. A thing happened. They went to Austin Film Festival and decided that they were going to finally give a talk about the Game of Thrones thing and how hard it was, how much they did not know what they were doing in the beginning. They were flying by the seat of their pants. They thought that they were going to come off sounding humble, yeah, right? they did not. They sounded, I, I was aggravated reading that. I was, the whole thing was like, so like everybody out here is just working their butt off in film school and trying to like really work their way up. You didn't do that. You just walked in like, I don't even know what I'm doing, but thanks. Yeah, we'll do do it. It was very frustrating. (laughs) So it didn't. So, I mean, look, here's the thing. I I read it and I did not get, I did not feel the the swelling of rage that a lot of people did, but I read it and I knew. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't rage. It was just mild frustration. (laughs) But no, but there were people who were like mad, mad. And I I understand where the mad came from. And all I could think the whole time as I was reading that, uh, that very long, Twitter thread that was the whole all the quotes of the stuff that was yeah. coming out of their mouths is you you could have just you could have just ate your food why did I don't under like this was this was well, also, I don't know there, that's, who there's gave no media them the training. idea that that there was, was a smart, no media training there because somebody should have like literally that's media training one on one 
Like that story should have been compacted. You were just talking about the writer that you said gives you all this crazy backstory. Mm-hmm, doesn't, mm-hmm. And then you end up not caring because right. they don't give you enough character. There should have been, I mean, granted, I'm not crazy about how they got the, got the gig either, but that was just all wrong. Yeah, the way you, don't, it was you, don't, executed. you don't have to give all that away. Nope. That is and, not- the, and, and tell us more about why you were in love with, the project and why it really sounded like we didn't really like it, but we did it anyway. And we didn't know what we were doing, but that is all, it's all, (laughs) it's all connected. Right. So that happened. And then a day later, yep. They were like, so by the way, we're not doing Star Wars. So they were supposed to be, they had their, their Star Wars thing they were going to do. Uh, just like Ryan Johnson had a Star Wars thing he was going to do. And who knows? Um, that's still in the works. Yeah. I think Ryan Johnson's just still, sure. Sure it is. Wait, wait. Have we heard? No, we have not. Oh, okay. We've not heard anything. I, oh, I'm, a little, I miss that? I'm a little dubious on whether or not that'll <laughs> actually happen. But which is no shade on Ryan Johnson. I just have doubts that that's going to happen. But definitely the the D and D we are not Star getting Wars Star Wars is not yet. happening. They made, they, made, they made an announcement saying, nope. We love. We grew up with with George Lucas. George Lucas helped make us, make us who we are. But you know, we're doing stuff with Netflix. We're just feeling too. Con- there's just too much work on our plate and we don't feel like we can do the Star Wars thing well, right so we're going to step away. This part was not surprising to me though because when they announced last month that they had a $250 million deal or some, maybe those numbers are wrong, but it's $250 million or billion or whatever with Netflix, I was like, how are you going to do both? So I, and that, I actually was not surprised. I figured one would go. I honestly thought Netflix would go because we are now living in a world where we give up Star Wars for Netflix. Well, he, well, so here's, this, that, so here's right? the, the rumor. The rumor is thus, one, that this thing that got announced now at the very end of October was a thing that was already done in August. It was just a matter of figuring out when and how it was going to get They're announced. Talking, but that, 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 that they were that they were If they weren't already out the door, they, you know, they had a, they had a, a foot, a leg, uh, but then maybe, when, maybe when a Kevin, couple of ha- maybe hairs. when Kevin showed up, they were like all the way out the door. <laughs> no, so the rumor was, and I believe this is that the reason why they made the announcement after this thing is because they were already stressed about toxic fandom. That is that is the term. I don't know that they used it, but this is the word wow. on the street. The rumor is that they were burned out from their own experience, the Game of Thrones, and they were looking at Star uh-huh. Wars and going, how's that working out for Ryan Johnson? How's that working out for Kathleen Kennedy? Do we really want to do gotcha. this dance Got again? It. Got it. And they ended up, I think, perhaps after looking at the, the response on Twitter to the Austin thing, you know, regardless of how you feel about them, I could... If I was, if I had given it all away, if I'd, if I'd said all that stuff and people were mad, I'd be like, "Oh no, not again!" Like, like, like Spaceballs. Yeah. When, uh, when the when the chestburster pops out, of poor John Hurt. Yeah. Oh no, not again. Uh, so yeah, I mean, I believe <laughs> that if it was me in that circumstance, I would probably be, I would probably be thinking, there is not enough money on this earth. To go through that again, that's a, mm-hmm. that sounds miserable. And yeah. you know, I 100 agree. It was, when I, it was interesting when I talked to Seth Graham Smith uh, for this very podcast. <laughs> at one point, I can't remember the other things because there was it, and then there were two other projects he was working on that were adaptations of very well loved. Oh, I think it, you know he did the Pride and Prejudice of Zombies, which right. was a, a uh, Jane Austen fandom is no joke, honestly. It so, is not. No. So I, I was just like, are you like? Do you just have masochist tendencies to want to dive into that pool and again and again because it's it's whatever you think of the quality of work they delivered it is hard it is hard to please a rabid fan base and in particular we've seen that as Danny said with Star Wars over the past few years like 
I would almost say it's impossible at this well, point I mean, to please also, Star Wars fans. So also on top of everything else, just in terms of just that fandom part, these are the same guys that wanted to do co- Confederate, and they got dragged. I was one of them. So <laughs> it you know it it I think the between the Game of Thrones, the Confederate thing, then pulling that out, then coming back and trying to do Star Wars. I think you're right. I think fandom as a whole, not just for those two shows. I think they've had 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 caught it for the past couple yeah. of years. Yeah, I mean, I believe that for most of those things, they deserved to be caught. <laughs> but you know, in the end, you could you couldn't blame Seasons, any any human six being. of Game of Thrones. <laughs> I mean, you couldn't blame anybody. I don't think whether you like a person, like their work or not. I think there's just going to be a point where you go, "This is not worth it." But here's the well, thing: and also, it's totally possible that Kathleen Kennedy and 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 uh, and 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 the folks at Disney looked at it and said. Right. Do we really like, is it toxic fandom or is it that these guys are toxic? Right. You really don't know. Right. I will say this is the one thing I want to say in defense of David Benioff and D.B. Weiss. A lot of the response that I've seen in the discussion that's come up around this lately has been like, oh, the first five seasons were only good because they were based on George R.R. R. Martin's work. And once it stopped. And let me tell you something, people. <laughs> good adaptation is not easy. So the idea that. As much as you want to crap on Benioff and Weiss for the work they did later on in the show, that's fine. I I disagree, but whatever. But the idea that it was easy in the beginning because they had the books to work off of, uh uh-uh. We've seen so many bad adaptations of good material over the years. So so there was, uh, and and even if they didn't know what they were doing at the beginning, they sure as shit figured it out, you know, and and. You know, people also forget that it wasn't a hit show from the beginning. You know, it, it, there were questions in season one and two as to whether it would survive. People have short memories of it. Yeah. Internet. So, so whatever else with these guys, they they delivered a good product for at least a universally loved product for a chunk of time, which is hard to do. You know, five or six years of people's lives. So I, I got to give them credit for that. Now, everything else, I don't know. And and you're right. They the things that were said at that panel were you just don't give away the story ridiculous man. That's it. you know it yeah it just it just really felt like they weren't prepped and they it was just yeah. odd like it's when i started seeing the tweets i'm like did this actually happen then i heard some of the audio i'm like all i kept thinking was where is your handler like why are, where is your manager why are you saying all these things maybe they just wanted to you know they want to say they ordered the code red they were just maybe. like we're tired of making it seem like you know, we're tired of, of saying all the right things to make all the right people happy. And they just want to, they want to, they're like Nathan Jessup on the stand. They just want to reveal that they ordered the code red. There's another reference for you from a long time ago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I think, yeah, there's, there's a point. I mean, maybe they just looked at this. It's entirely possible. You're absolutely right. Maybe they went to Austin and said, we're in a napalm our careers. We're done. We're going to say this and then we're never going to work in this town again. We're done. We can't take it anymore. Fairly well. They have a $200 million deal with Netflix. With Netflix. They, I mean, they, we'll they, say. I they're mean, working the, all right in this end. That's exactly what I was going to say. Like, everybody's fi- kind of, not everybody, but there's some people that feel bad for them. And I'm like, they have a $250 million deal with Netflix. They Even are if not... that deal falls through, exactly. they're the getting money something they're making... out of it. And then they can go retire with that and their Game of Thrones money to their private island and never worry about it again. Exactly. So, so yeah. I don't feel too sorry. Yeah. yeah, no, no, no. It's not even that. I guess it's just, you know, I think that people will go, well, you have all this money, so it doesn't matter. Right. Uh, you'll, be, you'll be fine. The phrase you'll be fine gets thrown around a lot. Let me just give a counterpoint. Um, if enough people, if an unquantifiable number of people hate you just hate you when you walk down the street you will feel that anxiety forever and there is actually not a price there is no amount of money 
that you can have. I mean, it can help. I'm money. I mean, I'm not trying to deny the money's value, but like, there's you know, that's the thing that you that they're going to have to live with. That people are going to be like that for a long, long time. It takes a while for quite some time. Yeah, I don't think. But I also don't. Well, also these guys don't. These guys don't walk down the street. It's L.A. They get driven. Um, I get, yeah, but, I guess that's a fair point. I'm so upset my do. New York logic doesn't work here. <laughs> but yes, no, but I, I understand what you're saying. But I also think that after, in this age of streaming everything, social media and stuff like that, they, yes, they're vilified right now. In a month, no one's going to remember. Look at George Lucas. Speaking of Star True. Wars. The, there is there is a burgeoning See, the prequels weren't so bad. Mm-hmm. Sentiment I know, out but there. It, t- it took a couple years. In the meantime, I'm just saying. I'm just saying the feeling is real. It's true. You know. Again, and, I mean, I'm not, the other thing with this is, it's just it's the state of Star Wars at the movies is really, really weird right now. And ten years ago, you had told me they're bringing back Star Wars movies and they're going to be enormously financially successful. But then a few years later, it's all going to be a mess. Like I, I would never believed it. It's so weird to me that Star Wars is this. I would say almost, I don't want to say floundering because Rise of Skywalker is going to make so much money, but it's the direction of it in the future relative to some of the other ones that are out there right now. It just seems so nebulous. I think it's because they changed their formula. They tried to, you know, keep up with the Joneses and put out a movie every year or every six months or whatever. And it was, I think, had they stuck to one of the things that made the Star Wars thing so amazing was waiting to see it. And getting that time and, and then what the product that was given to you was so good, you held on to that for a year or two years or whatever. And it's like every year, every six months, wait, there's a TV show, there's an animated series. It's like, I don't, okay, and there's a book and a comic and I can't keep up. <laughs> so here's a question. You may not have believed that uh, this is where Star Wars was going to be, but Adam, would you believe that Terminator could make a comeback? as a franchise. Is that a thing that you could believe? Why do you care what happens to her? Because I was her. I can see you're very upset. I'm going to help you protect the girl. I don't actually have the answer to that question, but it's it's a question that I think is kind of up for debate, right? Right. That's the, the Terminator Dark Fate came out this week. Uh, it's got James Cameron in a producing role. Arnold Schwarzenegger's there again, and uh, and, and I think got, very, he went very and got his ex-wife Linda Hamilton right, back Lin- on board. I mean, and Linda Hamilton draw, is there. Right? Yeah. So, so um, this is the question before the court as this movie enters the theaters: Is there room in the cinematic landscape? for Terminator to actually be good again for the first time in a very long time. Being that Cameron said that this is his last Terminator film, I don't think it matters because it's not like it's rebooting a franchise. You don't think? I don't think it is. I think, well, you think because he said it was his last one that it's not going to be the end of the the franchise? I'm, I would, boy, um, I would say this, and this is the mildest of spoilers, um, getting to the end of that film it didn't feel like the story was over to me necessarily. Mm-hmm. It okay. felt like they could keep telling them, or or put it on a streaming service. I'm just kidding. So of well. the three of us, I'm the only one who did not see Terminator right. Dark Fate. Oh, okay, right? yeah. So yeah. I, I can't really speak to it. But I mean, the thing that I felt after the recent run of Terminator movies that we've had is that I feel very much the same about Alien. Right? It's like you introduce your basic concept, killer robot from the future, then they did their variation on it in Terminator 2, right? Killer Robot versus Killer Robot. The old Killer Robot is now the good guy. There's your twist. And since then, they have not been able to come up with a compelling, like, door number three. 
in terms of here's the next iteration that of this the natural evolution of this story that makes sense it was the same thing with aliens it was like you have one alien you got a bunch of aliens and then alien 3 you know had mixed reception but it's like at least that was a it was a spin on the formula the humans don't have really have weapons right they're just trapped on this rock and since then they, no one's been able to figure out the next thing and so that's well, that's how i felt about the terminator franchise it's all been these explorations of what we know and everything but there's never been that next twist on it that makes it interesting I think this is what they were attempting to do in this because this is like, uh, I was just talking about this before the podcast. This is like the Halloween of Terminators. When you see this movie, it ignores all the other Terminator movies. Except for one and except two. Except for so one and two. So it's a, it's a little more than Halloween because Halloween ignored everything, everything except, except the, the first, first one. one. Right. And But also, um, to your point, and we were kind of talking about this also before the podcast, is that Linda Hamilton, this version of Sarah Connor, is... Very similar to the J- place that Jamie. Laurie Laurie Strode winds yeah, up, Jamie Lee Curtis. because Laurie Strode's whole thing is that she's just been dealing with the trauma of it, and you know she's kind of taken to the bottle and is a bit of a mess, and um, Lin- and Linda Linda is too. I mean, or Sarah Connor is too. Well, I, I'm not gonna. We're not gonna spoil because there's a big spoil that actually has it happens at the very beginning of the film to let you know exactly where you are in this universe. But she has just cause to be very, very... Very salty. Very salty, very upset, very depressed, and an alcoholic. Um, yeah, so look, here's the, the gist of the movie is what you got in the trailer. It's uh, There's a new person that a Terminator is being sent back to destroy. There is a human being that's there to protect her. It's it, it's but it, but the circumstance is different. But in it's, the trailer, they talk about that human being that she is enhanced. Right, they she's say enhanced. That. So she's not a Terminator. She is, but she has tech. She's cy- cyborg, basically. Right, she's got but, cyborg parts. But Sarah Connor shows up to help out. They don't know who she is. Yeah, they're in trouble. They're not able to really fight everything. So they got to go and enlist the help of somebody else. That somebody is a mysterious Terminator shaped figure in the form of Arnold Schwarzenegger. And right. look, here's what I'll say. And I, the girl, and the girl is the person. the The girl must be protected. Yes, at all the girl costs. must be protected. Yeah. So, all right. So, here's what I would say: action sequences, great. Yes, acting, great. There is not one thing about that movie that surprised me. It went exactly. Every place that I thought, like literally, I could watch it and I was like, it's going to go there. And then it went there. There's that was the thing about it. A few things. Nothing surprised me at all. The only thing that surprised me was the length. I was like, we didn't need to take this long to get here. But that's that the was, Terminator that movies. Because Terminator 2 is like two and a half hours that's long. That's true. That's true. But this one didn't need that. And the, the only thing, and I'm not going to give it away, but the, the reason why this girl is special, that took too long to get there. That yeah, was my well, only the, thing. The, well, the thing is, the reason that it took too long to get there is because it was the most no doy. <laughs> I mean, I, I just sat there. I was, I was like, yeah, can we just say the thing that's really obvious about what the deal with her is? It's, right. This is not hard to but figure out. It was re- that was the only part that I thought the acting went weird because it was sort of the scene with Linda Hamilton and and um, Arnold every saying what they thought she, the, the, the purpose yeah. of protecting this child was. But and it's then, fun. And it wasn't resolved in that scene. They waited like all the way to the fourth act. It was like, you didn't have to wait that long. We already knew this. Yeah, it's um, a long, it's a learned journey to take. But you're absolutely right. The effects in this movie, the what this Terminator can do. Oh yeah, he's um, cool. Oh, it's really say, great. Oh, you didn't like? Say, it? You thought it was corny? No, no, no. It's not that. I was about to say Gabriel Luna. Gabriel Luna is the Mandalorian. Um, Diego Luna. Okay, he is <laughs> Ghost Rider. <laughs> great, great in it. He was terrifying, and what made him amazing 
is the fact that um, also as the actor, he has the ability to speak in not just multiple languages, but multiple accents. So it made his Terminator petrifying um, because they were crossing state lines and things like that. Watch it. Tell us what you think, because I think it was a lot of fun. I don't know if we have time to spoil it right now. No, I mean, here's what I would say. But it's definitely an entertaining film. I'm going to tell you two things. One, a thing that I liked. So like, all right, I'll spoil this little bit. I'll spoil that um, Arnold Schwarzenegger is playing a Terminator in this. I think at this point it's pretty well known that he's he's not playing Yes. A, so he's playing a Terminator. And what I kind of like about it is that they explore a side of the Terminator that I'd never thought of before. Because he's, so this Terminator, spoilers, it has a, has a, like a wife and a kid, but. He's left There's, there from Sarah Connor's kind of time frame, so he has been able to. Evolve. He's been around for a while. We've never seen a Terminator evolve. But you know what? But you know what I liked about it? They ask him. He's got a wife. They're like, your wife doesn't know like the score that you weigh four hundred pounds. So I'm saying you'd kill her if you guys were in bed together. But <laughs> what I liked about it is he's basically says, "Well, I have no interest in that, but I'm do this and this and this." And I said, "Oh, he's Ace." This is kind of cool. Like oh, I, I never, I never seen that. them express a Terminator as Ace. I didn't think about but that. But that's what I got off but, of I mean, it. We and never I really liked at, it. We've never turned. We've never looked at Terminators as, as asexual anyway. I mean, sexual in no, a sexual no. way anyway. But, but I we've also liked never it. thought of them as evolving. But you're right. He is Ace. I, I didn't it. even think about that. It was something because that really he, jumped he, You know, he was, he's married with a kid, and he's, they, they love each other. They have a wonderful relationship. I think that the movie is worth seeing. Um, here's I'm going to say one other thing that's got nothing to do with the movie. You ready? I'm going to pitch the next movie. Oh my god! Here you go. All right, here it is. There's no way to stop Judgment Day. It's just always going to happen. So this is okay. set, this is set at a point in which humanity realizes that they cannot beat the machines. So what they do is they leave. They get in spaceships and they leave planet Earth to try and go and recolonize someplace else. They go to Mars. But and, uh, but and then it's the expanse. And and during that time, um, you know, they're like, well, we're going to go away. We're going to go away. And it, it happens pretty relatively soon. And like Sarah Connor becomes convinced, you know, even if you leave, eventually they're going to come after us. So they put her in the deep freeze. She goes, you put me in the deep freeze. You wake me up. If I, you know, like, I, like there's no, like, I'm always going to want to be there for the next fight. Put her in the carbonite. So they put her in the, they put her in the freeze, <laughs> they put her in the freezer and um, you go all the way into the future. And, Things are kind of okay, but they got they still have issues. The the machines are starting to come, and what company comes up with a plan for what it is that they're going to be able to do something about? Wayland Yutani. I knew that was coming. And Wait, what company? So Wayland Yutani oh decides God. that they're going to take care of it. And what's happened is there's still time travel involved, and the Terminators, Skynet, or whatever it is, is like you know what our problem is. The problem is these these final women. That's the issue. So we've got to go back and take care of the original one. And so they send a Terminator back to the 1970s to face off against Laurie Strode and Ellen Ripley. Yes. And Sarah Connor travel back in time to save Laurie Strode Uh from Michael Myers Terminator. That's the movie. Wow. Oh my God. My, I say, explain this to my wife and my wife said the worst thing I've ever heard in my life. I, she, she was like, what are you going to call it? Me Tuminator? And I was like, I hate you. Me Goodbye. Too, <laughs> Goodbye. Ouch. Goodbye. Don't search it on YouTube. I'm sure it's only going to bring up terrible results. Somebody's probably already calling this movie that. I oh, bet you Wolf man. Terminator, I'm sure is already a thing. But And then, just when it seems like the Laurie shot. Strode and Ripley and Sarah Connor are defeated, we see a figure with wings fly in. 
and she comes down and and Michael Myers Terminator turns around and you hear well well oh my god you want to get Maleficent yeah, in there I do Maleficent. let's keep going oh my let's god. Keep Maleficent, I mean Maleficent could be anything yeah. you know I am a big fan um, Angelina Jolie can play that forever anyway um, yeah. that's hysterical I don't know what to tell you It's <laughs> is it a perfect movie no do I hope they make more Terminator movies I don't know Did it doesn't you really all matter like to me like it better than any Terminator like where would you rank it in the Terminator pantheon I'm actually a person who liked Terminator 3 Rise of the I would put Machines. it on so Terminator 3 my opinion of Terminator 3 is the third act is amazing yes and I'm not too sure about the first two acts okay it's better than Terminator 3 everything on the planet I mean going to the grocery <laughs> store is better than Genesis right this is this was somewhere between I think 2 and 3 and yeah, salvation. I would, I would, I would put it around the but same the place. Is, the I don't like salvation. The story is so different. Yeah. Salvation has nothing to yeah. do. It's completely like as in enjoying the movie. Nah, this I think is so I think Dark that. Fate is in the same place as Rise of the Terminator for me, just because the third like, one. Just yeah, just because that third act is so that ending is so amazing. And like I said, the problem with uh, Dark Fate for me was that I saw everything coming and I never was so shocked in my life. That's the best mo- ending of any Terminator movie period. As right, far right as I'm because concerned. it was a prime. This is definitely, this was absolutely predictable. But the acting's good. The action sequences are great and it's, I, don't, I mean, it's fun. It's a good, it's a good little roller coaster ride, but I wouldn't call it anything more or less than that. Mm-hmm. But it is, yes, it's absolutely better than Genesis or Salvation by a long shot. Genesis just, I don't even understand why we still talk about that movie. That just, that was. <laughs> Everyone's just astonished by the, the weird, unnecessary why. I cannot whys, you know? get yeah. the two hours, that two hours back in my life ever I'm feeling <laughs> some kind of way about that anyway um, <laughs> that so that's it that's our show so who won the week if you're not subscribed to it already please think about subscribing to it uh, if you um, have never given us a review give us a review it helps out a great deal and please make sure you're also listening to all the other podcasts in the Sci-Fi Wire family you got your uh, Last Kingdom podcast just a couple of Arslings you got uh, Battlestar Galacticast um Strong Female Characters, The Lost Retrospective, which called uh, Through the Looking Glass, Geeksplain, Fandom Files, Debate Club, Untold Story, Behind the Panel, From the Con, uh, on and on and on. There's 10 million of them. Check them all out. They're all actually very good. Uh, and before we wrap up, where can people find uh, y'all online? Well, they can find me, Karima, the Blurred Girl, T-H-E-B-L-E-R-D-G-U-R-L, all over Twitter and Instagram. And they can find me on Instagram at Rock the Faces. Uh, so, <laughs> Um, before we wrap up, I wanted to announce that, uh, for now, at least this is going to be my final episode as host of Who Won the Week. Uh, and if you're hearing that for the first time and you're worried that that sounds kind of sudden, uh, I promise you that a lot of careful consideration went into that decision. People, uh, tell me that they appreciate when I am honest about struggling with mental illness because it makes them feel less alone um and so let me say this uh i am taking time away because my depression and anxiety are so out of control that i can't always tell the difference anymore between when i am teetering on the precipice of oblivion and when i just need a nap one of the best things about working uh with sci-fi wire over the last eight years uh is that i have seen firsthand um how supportive they are and not just to me but to a lot of great people that we've worked with when they had health issues and needed time away and i am having a health issue and i need some time away but before i go there are a few things that i want to say a little over four years ago i was a news aggregator for a site uh something called 
blaster. Uh, <laughs> and like a lot of freelance writers who work that beat, I was kind of chained to my computer, refreshing pages all day. I did not get out much. Certainly had never been in the sci-fi offices, but at New York Comic Con 2015, someone asked me if I might be interested in coming in to the office to help co-host a new show. And that show wound up being the Who Won the Week podcast. And just like that, everything changed. Being in the building for a once a week show meant getting to pitch in person. Getting to pitch in person meant doing more podcasts, scripting and hosting videos, and eventually getting to interview some of my favorite creators on live stages across the country. All because someone asked me to co-host this podcast. And that someone was Adam Swiderski, who, without realizing it and probably regretting it a little bit now that I'm <laughs> saying it out loud, in that moment handed me every opportunity I have had since. And Eva Graham, he became a great friend. Oh. Aww. So, so thank you. I can't even fall back on my usual like insult humor <laughs> now. This is, this is too much real feeling. Take that. Yeah. Um, so thank you. And um, a little over two years ago, <laughs> much like right now, Who Won the Week was in transition. There were some people that were moving on. I was going to take over as the lead host. I was uh, terrified. <laughs> and then one of the bosses at Sci-Fi Wire, the hardest working man in show business, Jesse Murray, called me into his office and he said, hey, listen, there's somebody I'd like you to have on as a guest for Who Won the Week. And I said... Sure, you know, didn't really think anything about it, but um, that was fate. I believe that um, because within five minutes of talking <laughs> with that person, I knew that they had to be the uh, the new co-host of Who Won the Week. I knew it, uh, and I don't know if you remember what I said to you, Karima, at the time. What I said was um, this job is deceptively tricky because news changes on a dime and we have to switch topics sometimes minutes before we're going to go on mm -hmm. and you have to work with me and Adam <laughs> every week. I told you I needed a partner. Yes, and you did. you spent two years and over 100 episodes teaching me what a partner looks like. Aw. I could never, never have hosted this show without you. Well, thank you. And thank you for the opportunity because this course. has been also like eye-opening and, and stuff for me. And this is fun. I know. I mean, listen, every week we get to talk about like superheroes and <laughs> comic books I know. and TV shows. And uh, so, yeah, just like you said, this is we, we want you to, you know, take time and take a vacation, take a break. And uh, it's not going to be the same with you not here, but, you know, we'll keep your seat warm. Thank you. Um, but I, I also um, wanted to say um, that there have been, uh, wow, more producers, pages, interns, helping hands uh, on Who on the Week than I can count. And all of them have my thanks. But I want to um, especially um, thank uh, the first person that I feel like we did this dance with, Sierra Carhart, um, mm. because she was the only person that could even make our equipment work. <laughs> In the beginning, and I, old days. yeah, and I want to thank uh, Paul Schuler, who was our editor and who has been um, the editor for, I think, pretty much every podcast I've done, sci-fi or otherwise, ever since. 
And I want to thank our current producers, Harry Sultan and Matt Romano, for making Who Won the Week more than I ever thought that it could be. A perfectly adequately written fictional character once said, part of the journey is the end. And this journey has been unforgettable. And there is no one else that I would rather have taken it with. And I get to leave knowing that this podcast I helped start so many years ago was in better hands than ever. So uh, if you stuck around listening to me ramble for this long, uh, both in this episode and, you know, for four years, if for some reason you listen to this podcast because you want to hear what I specifically have to say, hi, Dad, (laughs) I hope you'll stick around. There are going to be new hosts and new guests who will come in and say things I never would have thought to say and do things I never would have thought to do. The best episode of Who Won the Week is always the next one. It better be. I'll be listening. (laughs) (laughs) Well, in the words of the immortal B. Arthur, say goodnight, friend. Not goodbye, friend. Good night, friend. Not goodbye, friend. <laughs> anyway, that is our show. My name is Danny Roth. This has been Who Won the Week. For four years and over 200 episodes, thank you for winning my week. Karima and Adam will see you next week. I will see you out there. <laughs>